You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. Packer Report, I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and anywhere. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, working hard to bring you what's possible for your health. The Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. A ton to get to on the show today because the injury report is massive for this enormous game between the Packers and the 49ers the the Packers come into this game preposterously healthy as healthy as they have been really all year and that's it's a little a bummer to to bring that up on a day when Cole Madison it's announced is is lost for the season with a torn ACL but we're talking about a player who is a healthy scratch most of the year this is not a player who materially affects the outcome of any game that Green Bay is likely to play so when, when Green Bay gets to go into a game like this, coming off a bye, rested, you give David Bakhtiari time to recover because he's been dealing with a back injury all year. You give guys like Tremont Williams and Jimmy Graham who need that veteran rest. Kenny Clark has been getting healthy. Now he has time to rest. He actually, uh, uh, before the bye week, had a couple really nice games in a row that signaled to me that he was healthy. That means that this team is the team that they get to go forward with, which is more than San Francisco can say. This is the team that they're going to want to have in the playoffs. This is the team that when when the, the chips are down, pick a cliche, right? This is the group that they envisioned having. So everything is at their disposal. That's not true for San Francisco. George Kittle is questionable to play. He has not played in several weeks dealing with a number, actually, of lower body injuries. Now, he was out on the practice field earlier this week, looked pretty good, but that is not proof he's going to play. And I want to I want to point something out here. A lot of fans are saying, oh, well, we, we think, you know, these questionable designations, and we'll get to them, but, oh, the, such and such player is going to play. These players are going to play. It's a big game. You don't miss these big games. Well, it doesn't quite work that way because when you're the 49ers, and you're nine and one, or you're the Packers, and you're eight and two. You are focused on the postseason. These games absolutely matter. Of course, of course they matter. But you don't want to risk a player's long-term health for the short-term game of trying to win this game. So it's more important for San Francisco to have George Kittle in the playoffs, where they're going to be, barring absolute madness. They're going to be in the playoffs. It's more important to have Kittle for that. It's more important. Matt Breda, doubtful in this game. It's more important 
to have Breda for this game than or for for the playoffs than it is for this game. So I don't expect Matt Breda to play, and that matters for this run game. I mentioned earlier in the week the the 49ers run game is not as good as uh, advertised. It's not as good as we thought it would be. It's not as good as you would expect a Kyle Shanahan team to be, in part because there have been a lot of guys dealing with injuries. They like to rotate their backs. They don't really have a number one guy. They have a bunch of, like, number two. They've got, like, 1B guys. Tevin Coleman, Matt Breda, Raheem Mostert. They all can do a little bit of everything, but they they combine to make a number one back. They're 21st in run offense efficiency by DVOA. And, you know, this is something that a lot of Packer fans, oh, Kyle Shanahan is going to, he's going to run all over this defense. He's going to get uh, Blake Martinez on George Kittle or Ross Dwelly or Tevin Coleman. And, and all of that is well and good. It's not been how the 49ers have consistently beat teams this year. Now, what they can do is they can create chunk plays. They're really good at chunk runs or have been uh, earlier in the season when they had George Kittle because of his ability as a blocker and because of what he brings. And, you know, uh, my my APC colleague Chris Burke asked, you know, is Kittle good enough that he legitimately affects game plans? Because I'm wondering if Kyle Shanahan is screwing with Patton and Lafleur. In this case, the question is is meant to say, is it is it the case that you make the Packers think George Kittle is going to play because he is such a huge part of the game plan and he's not really going to play, but you spend so much time worrying about him that it it modulates so much to the point that you're not worried about enough other things and it can throw off your game planning. And, and to that I say, maybe. I don't. It's hard for me to know because I don't know Kittle's health status. It would be an effective strategy is what I'll say because I do think, you know, Matt LaFleur has said, we expect these guys to play. We're going we're gonna to plan like they're all going to play. Is the strategy for San Francisco materially different? No, I don't think so, but their effectiveness of those strategies will be different. And so if you're Green Bay, it's better for you, obviously, if Kittle doesn't play. But that, I think that's more the case in the passing game and the run game if you can if you can reduce the chunk runs you can stop this San Francisco run game because down to down play to play they're not a great run offense they create chunk runs Matt Breda can break off for 90 well if Breda's not going to play it it reduces the effectiveness of the run game considerably and and speaking of reducing the effect considerably D Ford is out. Joe Staley is out. We we thought Joe Staley was going to be out. D Ford being out is huge. When we when we did our crossover show, Brian talked about the impact of D Ford and the and the front four improvement last year. Last year, San Francisco, they had interior pressure. They couldn't create edge pressure, and when the edge pressure ramped up this year, that fundamentally changed this San Francisco 49ers defense because it makes it easier to cover in the back end and it makes it harder to scheme for that pressure package because they're not going to 
create pressure with five and six and seven guys. They're not going to bring a lot of blitzes. They're strategic with when they blitz and how they blitz. And that makes it easier to cover in the back end. It makes it easier for you to say, if you're a cornerback, I can play aggressively knowing that even if I get beat over the top, chances are that 49ers pass rush is going to get to the quarterback and I'm not going to get beat. So you can play aggressively. This is going to get, I said this the other day, this is going to give flashbacks to those 49er teams, excuse me, those Seahawks teams, those Legion of Boom teams where it was like every play, they were in your face. Richard Sherman was jamming guys at the line of scrimmage and not worrying about getting beat over the top. Now they had Earl Thomas, so that is a key difference. But this 49ers team, I think, has a better pass rush than any of those those Seattle teams. So that with D Ford out, now that modulates back what that defense is able to do in mitigating what the defensive backfield can do. So you take D Ford out of the equation. Now it's only Nick Bosa, really, who can rush from the edge. You still have DeForest Buckner, who's a really good player. You still have Eric Armstead, who is uh, still an emerging player and a developing player for the 49ers on the interior. I think you feel really good about your ability to handle someone like DeForest Buckner, who Lane Taylor took care of last year. When they didn't have those edge guys, it's easier to focus on those interior players when you don't have edge rushers to worry about. And so now they have one less edge rusher that you have to worry about. That makes life easier blocking Nick Bosa because you can slide protection to Nick Bosa's side. You can chip on that side and and leave Brian Bulaga on an island. If they line Nick Bosa up on the other side, same deal, but with with uh, Bulaga on that side. Now, the receiver part of this, Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders, questionable. Debo was awesome and has been awesome the last two weeks. His deal, the thing that he's good at, is Debo is an explosive after-the-catch guy. He is a quick, he is a sudden, he is a twitchy player. And if he's not 100%, then that is going to limit his effectiveness. It's the same with Emmanuel Sanders, who, by the way, was absolutely strapped up by Jair Alexander in week three. The Packers shut down Emmanuel Sanders against Denver in a game where Denver still got Cortland Sutton the ball, and they still were able to run the ball. But Jair Alexander and Tremont Williams in the slot took Emmanuel Sanders out. He has a rib injury. It's a rib cartilage injury, which just even saying that hurts hurts me to breathe, saying rib cartilage injury. And... He, he was actually limited last week. He played, he made some catches, and then finished the game on the sidelines because of that injury. So, you know, that that is a, a, a big deal that he's not 100%. Especially in a game, by the way, yes, it's California, but it's San Francisco, not LA. For an 8 o'clock game, I mean, I looked at the weather, lows in the mid-40s. That's not warm. You know, if it's Southern California, it's going to be lows mid-50s, maybe even low-60s, 45? 45 is football weather. And if you've got a rib injury or you've got an ankle injury, it's not going to feel great. And you get hit in the ribs, it's not going it's gonna, to it's gonna hurt a little bit extra because of that cold. So that's something that I, I do think it matters. I, I said this two weeks ago with Carolina and the, and the temperature there. I do think these things matter 
in the, in the, the elements. Now, there's not going to be snow, we don't think. But it, it's going to be football weather. It's not going to be palm trees and sunshine. I mean, this is, this is going to be prime time, big time, big boy football and football weather. Before we move on here, I want to talk to you about your Thanksgiving plans. During Thanksgiving week, my bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250 if you win. Congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. My bookie will give you all of your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting and sign up today. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with the promo code locked on and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet. Again, that's guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Make sure you do your part and support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. Because at my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network offers many same-day care options to fit your busy schedule. Your health is important, so stay on top of it this football season. Take advantage of what is possible through one of the many convenient ways to get the care you need from the area's leading physicians. In need of primary care, personalized care is delivered at more than 40 health centers and clinics throughout southeastern Wisconsin. Many locations offer Saturday and extended evening hours. You can even schedule that appointment directly online. Prefer to save yourself a trip? Schedule a visit site with your own doctor through the safe and secure MyChart app. Or request a virtual clinic appointment 24-7 and be seen by a board-certified provider in 30 minutes or less using your phone, tablet, or laptop. For more serious conditions, staff at urgent care clinics and emergency departments are ready to treat you when you need it most, even late at night. Whether in the comfort of your home or at one of many convenient locations... Freighter and the MCW Health Network staff will provide you with exceptional care rooted in innovation and discovery. To learn more about all these care options, visit www.freighter.com care or call 1-800-DOCTORS. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network, this is what is possible. Um, uh, I've gotten a number of questions over the course of the week and now on the stream about uh, Jimmy G., and some, some comments as well. Uh, there's also this this notion of, you know, the Packers have to finish these plays. Someone on the Periscope stream said, you know, Jair Alexander has to finish plays. Yeah. And this is the week for that because Jimmy Garoppolo is going to give them some opportunities. And this isn't Tremont Williams saying we knew Jay was going to give us some opportunities. But it's not not. It's really not not. Uh, <laughs> Jake... I almost said Jay Garoppolo. That is, I've seriously the the first the first sip on this stream of bourbon that I've had today was was on the stream. So this is Jay Garoppolo, Jay Cutler, Cutler handsome. Jay, have you got? By the way, have you seen Jay Cutler lately? I think he's on keto. Dude is ripped and selling bracelets. He he might be like better looking than than Jimmy Garoppolo right now, but. Back to the the football part. <laughs> Handsome Jimmy, which is what I call him, 
because I am very much not sold on his big game ability. I'm not sold on his football ability overall. I thought the the trade was overly aggressive. I thought the the contract was overly aggressive. I thought the idea that off one and a half starts when he was in New England, he that people were, I mean, smart people, like people I respect, were saying I would give up not just a first but two firsts for him. And I'm just like, have we learned nothing about what goes on in New England and and the, the success that people have outside of that structure? Where am I just living in a in a alternate universe? Are we in the matrix? What is happening? And uh, you know, he has he has looked good on on specific kinds of plays. He is still great um, on on play action, which is a lot of what Kyle Shanahan wants to do and wants to be. And he can stand in the pocket. He is not afraid. This is the this is the the really the the thing that I think a lot of old school football players and media types like. He will stand in the pocket and he will deliver. That's a great trait unless you are standing and delivering to the wrong team. And he has done that a lot this season. He should have thrown like six interceptions against Seattle. I mean, he threw off the top of my hat. I mean, he did have the one interception and at least three more went right through defenders' hands. I mean, not even difficult plays, just right through their hands. And if you're Green Bay... You have to reel those in. If you're Jair Alexander and he's going to throw you the ball, you have to reel those in. If you're Kevin King, Tremont Williams, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, Ibrahim Campbell, everyone has to be on alert because Jimmy, in the face of pressure, will give you opportunities. And this this goes also goes back to the point about injuries because Joe Staley's out, and now you have Justin School. And are they gonna are they gonna try and get the ball out quickly? And how are you gonna how are you gonna mitigate that? Because against Oakland, the Packers said, "You want to get the ball out quick, cool, all day, get the ball out." Well, this is not a great red zone offense. So if if you're gonna let them sort of dink and dunk you down the field, Green Bay has one of the best red zone defenses in football. Make them kick field goals, or play a little bit more aggressively. Trust your pass rush. And I would love to see Green Bay do a little bit more of what San Francisco does and say, we think that our four or our five are going to get home. So we're going to press you. We're not going to let you on early downs get off. Right now, Green Bay um, on early downs is not doing its job defensively. Success rate is, you know, bottom three or four. And that's not good enough. So you, you have to find, you have to hope that over the course of the self-scout that they were able to find some things that they can can really hook into and say, this is what we're going to be, this is what we're going to do. If they haven't done that, you know, I expect Mike Patton to still do a lot of mixing and matching. And he's going to give Jimmy different looks. He is, I don't, I don't know that that Garoppolo is in the class of quarterbacks where you feel like he hasn't seen what you're going to do. But I also don't think that he's in that Phil Rivers class of quarterback where you're like, well, it doesn't really matter what we do. He's going to ID it, and we just need to execute better. Against the Chargers, they played a little too vanilla, and they need to be a little bit more aggressive this week knowing, and I think they should have done it against Phil Rivers too because we've seen Phil Rivers is going to give you the ball. So you have to you have to press the issue and, and make Jimmy Garoppolo have to make quick decisions because he's going to make some bad ones. 
uh, we we just got the question the the best matchup with Debo and, and Emmanuel Sanders. I would I would like to see Jair on Emmanuel Sanders because I think Debo with Tremont is a really good matchup for the Packers. Um, I I I think though with the injury, I don't think you should feel bad about either Jair or Tremont on Emmanuel Sanders. I think I I like the idea of Debo with Kevin King, the bigger corner a little bit more physical in terms of his size at the very least. And I don't think Debo is going to run by Kevin King. And so that could allow him to play a little bit closer, a little bit more press man, and you you get to keep your aggressiveness that way. I'm, I'm fascinated to see how Mike Patton is going to attack this 49ers offense. Do you play small with Ibrahim Campbell in that nickel linebacker spot? Do you give Oren Burks more run? How much of it is dependent on if George Kittle is going to play? If they go to a bunch of eleven personnel, are you gonna are you gonna play with Tremont Williams and three defensive linemen plus your outside linebackers? There's there's so many different uh, ways that you can that you can attack this 49ers team and really any team because of the way Mike Pettin likes to be multiple with his fronts and likes to be multiple with his personnel. Either way, I think you have to be aggressive this week. Go down swinging. Go to San Francisco with the idea that. You are going to press the issue. You are going to push tempo, offense and defense. I'd love to see them run some no huddle. I'd love to see them on defense say, we're going we're gonna to run some zero pressure, and we're going to bring the house, and we're going to make Jimmy G try and beat us. I just I think that's the way you approach this game, and, and that's how I would approach this game because you want to make a statement. This is, this is statement time for the Packers. Before we finish up, away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world for $20 off a suitcase visit awaytravel.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on during checkout listening on the go if you can't visit away right now you can find this and all other offers from locked on sponsors at locked on podcasts.com slash offers i got this note over the course of the week i asked you to, to send me a, a text a tweet a, a note on the locked on packers fan hotline about why you were excited. I felt like the the hotline had become a place only of negativity, and I didn't like that. So I got a lot of really great notes, and I wanted to just read this one because I think it's great. Hey, Peter, what's happening? Carl from Aberdeen, South Dakota. I will tell you why I'm excited about this team. My dad was a Packer fan in the dark ages of the 70s and 80s. The last two years were doom and gloom for him whenever they lost. This year, when we lost, he hasn't been scared. He has been optimistic. And I think the team feels that. I think the team understands that this year is different. They feel different. They act different. Matt LaFleur is a first-year head coach, and I don't think a natural extrovert. In a call with media this week, he said that he had sent... Robert Sala, his friend, but 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala, a text and said, hey, call me. I have a couple of questions about your defense. Just, it's, it's a simple joke. And it's not laugh out loud funny. I'm sure everyone in the room laughed because in context, you know, it's a funny moment for a coach. By, by football coach standard, it's hilarious. He is not phased by this moment. And if he were... If he were shook, if he were like, man, what are we going to do against this 49ers defense? He wouldn't be making jokes about it. 
he wouldn't be trolling his friend if your friend okay if your friend let's say your friend is better than you at golf or basketball or tennis and you're and you know you're about to play them are you are you talking mess are you making jokes about it now maybe you are maybe you are Matt LaFleur does not strike me as the kind of guy who is going to show false bravado. He is confident because he puts in the work. That's why, above all else, that's why his relationship with Aaron Rodgers was always going to work. And I'm not saying we're, we're through the woods on this. I'm just saying if there, if there was ever a reason that I thought this was going to work and a, a reason that I think it has worked and is working is because Matt LaFleur is as detail-oriented as any coach in the league, and that is Aaron Rodgers. And they are confident in their plan because they know that they put in the work. And this is a lesson that I think we can all take because I I know that there are times in my life when I have not felt prepared and that has not made me confident going into a situation where I needed to be confident and I needed to have worked harder to prepare harder for that moment. And as a Packer fan, You have to love that your coach and your quarterback, the two most important people on a football team, are going to put in the work every week. And as a result, are going to be confident about that plan every week. That is all you can ask for as a fan. It is all really you can ask for as an ownership group, as a GM, as a team. The Packers are going to be ready on Sunday. And they are going to have a plan and they are confident in that plan because they put in the work. And you love to see that from Matt LaFleur. Not even in the like internet way. You truly do love to see it because it it reflects a confidence. It reflects a a self-belief that they're not afraid of anyone. And it is something that Mike McCarthy exuded in, in a crankier Midwestern kind of way. But... This is this is a different kind of attitude. This is Matt Lafleur is smiling, you guys, smiling, laughing, joking at press conferences. Think of the guy that we saw in that opening day press conference and the guy that he is now, and and the difference in the comfort level that he has. If he's progressed that much as a coach, and as a as a media face, and as a leader on this team in what eleven months, imagine over the course of the next two, three, five plus years. I, I think I think the early returns have to be extremely promising for what the Packers got in this exchange. And I think they should feel good about this game. I, I have a model that I use, a point model. It says the 49ers are about a point, a little less than a point and a half better than Green Bay on a neutral field. I don't care. I think the bye week eradicates some of that advantage. Home field, I mean... I, I think when the when you factor in injuries and the matchups, I I really like Green Bay in this game. I think I think twenty seven twenty four Packers. I think they're going to win. I certainly think they're going to cover, and I think they're going to take the top spot. I think this is going to be when we see Matt Lafleur really elevate himself in the Coach of the Year discussion, and I think it could be the the game that that Aaron Rodgers elevates himself in the MVP discussion. You know that Aaron is listening to the Lamar Jackson Love Fests. Totally deserved, by the way. And you know he's listening to how people are talking about Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. And I know that he said it should be, you know, Aaron Jones should be in the conversation. The fact that he knew Christian McCaffrey was in the conversation 
is evidence that he knows what conversations are being had. And you know he wants to be in those conversations. So that's what I think we're going to see from Green Bay on Sunday. And I think they win. So we'll be back here on Monday, and we'll go through all of this again as Green Bay gets set to take on the New York football giants. No show on Thanksgiving, okay? But we will do a Friday afternoon show. No Periscope on Friday, but it will be a late afternoon uh, drop just so we get all the injuries and everything in. It's Monday show, Tuesday show, Wednesday show, and Friday show. No Thanksgiving show. Go home. Enjoy your family. Um, and and don't be too hungover on Friday because we got a podcast to do, right? So uh, enjoy the holiday, and uh, we'll be back at it next week. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Follow me on Twitter, at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.